This is the legacy edition of Time Out with Akan Kana. Welcome to Time Out with Pastor Akan. My name is Akan Kana and I am happy to welcome you to our second podcast in 2012. Last week we began a study on the incarnation, the Christmas experience. There we looked at how that God in Christ Jesus came down to the earth as man. And we saw clearly that the incarnation, a term referring to God putting on the human nature, had never happened in history and ever since will not happen. In other words, I am saying that on Christmas Day, God became flesh. And we looked at all the scriptures that showed us that the baby that was born in the manger was fully God and fully man. That was a wonderful thing. In fact, the Bible calls it the mystery of godliness, which is great. The mystery of the Christian worship. Say, great is that mystery of godliness. God manifests in the flesh. Praise the Lord. Today we're going to go a little bit further and consider what was so special about the event called the Incarnation or so special about God putting on the human nature. The Bible actually calls that event of God putting on the human nature as humility. If you read the book of Philippians, which we are going to do very soon, it describes the fact that God putting on the human flesh as the highest form of humility. Nobody can beat such a form. In other words, Jesus sets an example for humility by first of all choosing to become human. I like us to read from Philippians 2, 1 to 11. For if there, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same law, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in loneliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own thing, but every man also on the things of others. Let this man be you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, taught it not rugby to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of man, and being found in fashion as man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven, and things in earth, and things under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We see clearly here that the incarnation, that the fact that God put on the human flesh is one of the greatest examples of humility ever. And the Bible encourages us to have the same type of attitude Jesus had. So we see already that Jesus had had to be humble enough to be born as a human being. Bible says, which you just read from verse 5, so let this mind be in you. A lot of sessions describe the word mind as attitude or disposition. The lesson of incarnation is beyond 
the fact that he came to die for us, but he came to give us an example, an example of humility. Why is it so important? Our world literally mocks the humble. Do you know that we celebrate the proud? We create catchphrases and expressions like if you have it, flaunt it. Saying things like you can't take shit. In fact, when I was a teenager, in, as a way in high school, we used to taunt ourselves saying my dog can't take that. And so for us, we grew up learning not to be humble, learning not to be patient with people. The world is so full of messages that feeds the human nature. Messages like says no apologies, or you can climb whatever it takes, climb over people, just get whatever you want to get. And then the truth is that the humble is not regarded as confident. Wow! So much is being said in the world that slowly and surely you will discover that the church of God is fast losing the ability I want to use an expression now, to take shit. The church don't want to take shit. I'm sorry for that expression. That is the best I can explain myself. We are first earning the recognition of the world by competing with them in lifestyle, attitudes, and disposition. The man of the world is proud. He is by nature proud. He doesn't submit himself under the rule of God. The Bible says, neither can he. And while the church today is competing with that, is there any better time for us to consider humility than today? When we see Jesus, he is our example of humility. The mere fact that he, who being God, became human. Wow! If at all that was all he did, that was the most horrible thing that can ever be done. Jesus lived in humility. He taught humility. Jesus is our example of humility. Take a second and imagine Jesus. The Bible says Jesus clearly created the world. Every man alive he created. The fish of the sea, the birds of the air. The Bible says in John chapter 1 verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And nothing was created without Him that was created. It said in Him was life, and the life was the light of man. The light shone in darkness, and darkness could not comprehend. Understand that Jesus himself was your creator. Hebrews in chapter 1. Bible clearly says that God in sundry time and in devil places spoke to our fathers through the prophets, but as in his days spoken to us through his son, whom he has made whole things, that through whom he created the world. So Jesus is our creator. When we saw the Bible in Genesis, and God said, Let us make man in our image. He wasn't referring to angels. That is the mystery of godliness. God, though one, is in three persons. We don't know how to explain the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, but we know that those three entities are one. And they make up what we refer to as the Godhead. That is what the Bible tells us. And so when he said, let us make man in our image, he wasn't referring to angels. Man was not made in the image of angels. But God made man in his own image. Jesus created man. And Jesus became man. Wow. Luke chapter 22. I read from verse 24 to 27. In the NIV version. 
Also, a dispute arose among them as to which of them was considered to be the greatest. Jesus said to them, The kings of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest, and the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table, or the one who serves? Is it not the one who is at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. Wow! His birth wasn't just the example of humility. His life was the epitome of humility. Jesus said to his disciples, Who is greater, the person that sits at the table, or the one that serves? Isn't it the person that sits at the table? Say, but among you, I am like the one that serves. Because really, the servant is one of the greatest examples in human category of humility. The servant has nothing except that which his master provides. The servant is in submission to the whims and the caprices of his master. And so when Jesus begins to explain the humility of the Christian, the analogy he uses is servanthood. He said to even his disciples, Among you, I am like the one that serves. We will take a break shortly. When we come back, we will look again quite closely to the topic of humility and what God requires of us in that respect. And I know that by the time we are through, that God will do something in our lives that will be for his glory. Praise the Lord. Welcome back, brothers and sisters. Like we said earlier on, that the incarnation, the term meaning that God became flesh, and that happened on Christmas Day when Jesus was born, was one of the epitome of humility. Because as God, he does not know what sin is or what suffering is, as it were, because the human nature comes with several, several things. Now, the Bible clearly says that Jesus never sinned. So, by describing Jesus as putting on the human nature, he did not put on the sin nature. In other words, he did not have sin in him, because he wasn't born by the seed of a man. He was born from a woman, but it was directly by God's seed. And so he never sinned. He was perfect. But he was subject to human conditions. The conditions of mockery. The conditions that he found himself in the ancient Near East. In Bethlehem, in Judea, and in Galilee. The place where he abode. And the Bible says that all through Jesus' life, he was an example of humility. Now, we're going to spend time also to look at the reason why we have to consider Jesus as our example of humility. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2, from verse 21 to 25, I'll actually read it from the King James Version. 1 Peter and 2, from verse 21 to 25. It says, For even hereunto were ye called, because Jesus also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow in his steps. I like to say firstly before we go far that we are called to a life of humility. Humility is our calling. 
it is not an admonishment to be better or it's not just an advice so that things will work out well for you every christian that is hearing the sound of my voice is called to live a humble life and that is what first peter chapter 2 verse 21 to 25 tries to explain to us let me read on I'll read from verse 21 again. For even here unto were ye called, because Jesus also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. Who did no sin? I'm talking about Jesus. Jesus did no sin. Now there was guy found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judged righteously, who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned to the shepherd and the bishop of your souls. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Read scriptures. You will find out clearly that Jesus did not retaliate when he was insulted. You know, it's difficult for Christians not to retaliate. Today, it's the most difficult thing not to put in a slight comment. It's a difficult thing for us not to win an argument not to have the final word i mean not to be sarcastic the bible says jesus when he was insulted he did not retaliate oh, not only that that when he suffered he did not hurt him now i live in Lagos, nigeria and to and the church in nigeria we threaten a lot our mouths are full of threats. Our prayers are threats. I mean, I mean, you hear someone actually pray that anybody that will stand against his progress. Now, usually, when they say progress, they're talking about finances, money, things that have to do with mundane. You know, it should just fall down and die. Now, in prayer, we threaten. Now, in our speech, Christianity, especially. In this new wave of dominant theology, no one trying to feel like because I'm a Christian, nothing can touch me. Not only that, we actually intimidate people in the name of God. Every day, there are stories of Christians, and we do it so easily, and we take pride in it because we think that the Bible encourages that. Say, hey, if you don't give me my promotion, uh, if you know that there's God. We threaten. The unfortunate thing about this threat is that we use the name of God to threaten. The Bible says, look at Jesus. Be like Jesus. Said, when he suffered, he did not threaten. He did not make verbal threats in the name of God. You know, it's something that I wish in my heart that the church of our day would understand. So let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. Jesus did not threaten when he suffered. Let we see some threats in Jesus' name. I remember clearly what happened. Jesus went to a place to preach. The people did not accept him. James and John, we call them sons of thunder. He said, Jesus, allow us. Let us call down fire from heaven and deal with these people. How dare them? That was just their disposition. 
And what did Jesus reply? Brother, Jesus rebuked them. He said, you do not know what manner of spirit that you have. We are dealing with dispositions here. We are dealing with attitudes here. You do not know. The Christian attitude is not an attitude of perceived authority that tramples on people that we think are not in our level. So prideful. The Bible showed you here, or shows us here rather, that Jesus, when he suffered, did not threaten. He said, we are all to a life of not giving threats when we suffer. Giving threats when the world tries to tries to maneuver us. Jesus tells us, bless those that curse you. Do good to those that despitefully use you. Don't threaten. Don't curse back. Don't retaliate. Not only did he not retaliate, not only did he not threaten, but he did something. Now, some of us are like, Hey, Pastor, are you saying that she just takes shit? <laughs> now, this is a world of democracy where the world culture teaches us not to take anything that we don't want to fight. Now, there is a justice system that we can go through on earth that we can take opportunity, but we can take, as it were, if we have redress against another person through that system. But that is not necessarily what the Bible is trying to tell us. The Bible is trying to tell us that you do not try to threaten when you are suffering from other people. But rather, it tells us what to do. That Because Jesus did that. He said, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Wow. Now, Jesus did not retaliate. He didn't threaten. Rather, rather he entrusted himself to God. Who judges justly? Now, the solution to not retaliating and not threatening is to entrust yourself to the great judge. It's so difficult for Christians. Now, the reason why it is flesh, because when God said to a Christian, the reason why it is pride, why it is wrong, the reason why we do not get God's approval when we retaliate or threaten under pressure is because God has told us what to do. He said we should entrust ourselves to him. God is the avenger. He is the one that determines justice on earth. He is the one that judges justly. In other words, the truth is that if you are going through difficult times and people are harassing you, the Bible tells you to entrust yourself to him. Don't retaliate. Don't threaten. Entrust yourself to him. Jesus entrusted himself to him who judges justly. That's the Father. Glory to God. Oh, it is my prayer that contemporary Christianity will understand that the mind of Christ, the attitude of Christ, is a calling we have to live. It is our calling. So we are called to this life. Hallelujah. And what's so important about this calling? God bestows grace to a man that is humble. First Peter chapter 5 verse 5. As a young man, in the same way, be submissive to those who are older. All of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another, because God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God is always giving grace to the humble. I like to say that grace is beyond what a lot of us in church see. Grace actually has to do with favor. It's of spiritual quantity. Grace is favor. 
kindness, mercy, spiritual abilities, or Christian virtues. Grace has to do more with God bestowing upon you what money cannot buy. You know, David said something. He said, Blessed is the man whom God has not imputed his iniquity upon. In other words, blessed is the man whom God considers innocent. Uh, it, one of the greatest blessings of God is that God will look upon you and declare you not guilty. Wow. You see, grace and grace and grace. So I will pray for grace as, as folks in church, as Christians. I would not understand that grace doesn't just come because we prayed for it. Rather comes when we live a humble life. Grace comes when we walk in the path of Jesus' humility, when we do not retaliate when insulted, when we do not threaten when we are suffering, but we entrust ourselves to God that judges justly. That is when grace comes. That is when your life, your family, everything around you, you see the hand and the grace of God. God, no, 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 please, may I say clearly and unequivocally, there is nowhere in the scripture God stands in opposition to a man except the one that the Bible describes as proud. The God opposes the proud. You are either proud or humble. If you threaten, you are proud. If you retaliate, you are proud. If you do not entrust yourself to him that judges justly, you are proud. And the man that is proud, God opposes. But the man that is humble, that will not retaliate when he is insulted, not threaten when he is suffering, but entrust himself to him that judges justly, that man, God gives grace. Hallelujah. Spiritual favor. Amazing kindness. Forgiving mercies. You know, God cannot forgive you. Don't forgive another man. Jesus said, God cannot forgive. He said, forgive our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. It is irrelevant how much you ask God to forgive you. If you do not forgive another man, God cannot forgive you. The Bible says in James that mercy triumphs over judgment through the man that shows mercy. Grace to know God. Grace to understand his word. Grace to forgive. Grace to live like God. Everything comes as a direct result of living in humility. Hallelujah. Grace to forgive. Grace to know God. Grace to understand scriptures. Grace to be an example of a believer. They are the result of living a life of humility. It is my prayer that as we understand and as we consider the fact that Jesus came, he put up human flesh. He lived under conditions God never lived and will never live on earth. Saw the extreme of human nature and submitted himself to death on the cross of Calvary, making himself our scapegoat, our perfect sacrifice, our substitute, our great high praise. And he says, have this in mind, the mind that is humble, the mind that entrusts himself to him that judges justly. So maybe you're a Christian, you are confused about where is the place of spiritual authority? Spiritual authority is not exercised to another human being or against another human being. 
Exercise with your authority over yourself, over your flesh, over your cravings, over whatever thing that stands in variance to God's law, and over the devil. But not over here, another fellow man. Another fellow man, you love him, you pray for him, you bless him, and if he maltreats you, you entrust yourself to him that judges justly. Let's pray that God will give us always the attitude of humility. God bless you. Join us next week for another insightful episode of Time Out with Pastor Akin. It is our sincere hope that you have been blessed by this week's message. For more Christian articles, log on to www.nikaolife.org. God bless you.